You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome into Loho Daily. I am Loho, a.k.a. Lawrence Holmes. Thanks so much for listening to the podcast. I had a really interesting interaction with a listener during the show on Tuesday where we were talking about the the Bulls and the Pacers series and people were jumping in on, on talking about that a little bit from the 90s, from the 98 Eastern Conference Final. And people were talking about Reggie Miller. And then I had James Feagan on the show who writes baseball for The Athletic. I did not know that he was as big of a basketball fan as it turns out he is. But then we got into like a 10-minute conversation about Reggie Miller and the Pacers. Let me make my argument for Reggie Miller as the best foil. You can call it villain if you want. If if Jordan is the hero in the narrative, you can say that Reggie Miller is one of the villains. Although, I would imagine if we were having this conversation in, I don't know, Phoenix, New York, Indianapolis, Portland, Salt Lake City, Miami, that they would tell you that Jordan is is Thanos. Is Jordan Thanos? Is that who he is? He's driven. He's got this sheer will. He has the power to just end your career with a snap of the finger. But let me tell you why I think Reggie Miller was the best foil. It's because his arrogance rose to the same level of arrogance that Michael Jordan had. And in the mirror universe of the 90s NBA, for Bulls fans, it was offensive. How dare you? How dare you be confident in your skills and outwardly talk about them? It's so one of the best things about this documentary has been challenging my own beliefs about what I saw as a child and as a young adult. Think about like the the sheer gall that all of us thought about when it came to Reggie Miller and how that would that that reaction was activated. At the end of episode eight, when Reggie Miller was like, yeah, we thought that we were better. I still think we were better, even though they lost the series. And you know, and I'd have to go back and watch, like maybe I should go back and watch episodes three and four. And you know that Jordan felt the same way about the Bulls and the Pistons. We were the better team, but they beat us up and we weren't. And we're like, yeah, yeah, exactly. We were the better team and they were keeping us from our goals. That's who Reggie Miller is. Reggie Miller is this reflection of arrogance that we see, ignore, and ultimately love in Michael Jordan. But if we see it in someone else, if we see it in Reggie, we are like, Boo that man! Boo him! Stone that man! 
How dare he think his merry band of Davis brothers and Chris Mullen are going to be able to run in here and, and take care of business against your Chicago Bulls. Your Chicago Bulls! If you look at the rest of the participants, like let's let's go through them real quick. You know how I feel about the Pistons. I don't feel like those guys are redeemable. When I look at Isaiah Thomas and Bill Beer, I say they're two guys that you can't you, look. You, you can't argue with Zeke's with his resume. He is one of the best players that has ever played in the NBA. But as far as a likable foil, someone who is worthy. He doesn't fit. Him and Lane Beard don't fit. They are the final boss in a video game. They are what you are trying to overcome. They are not his equals. And they show their their lack of, of Jordan equivalence by the way that they responded at the end of their run as the Bulls dethroned them in the, the Eastern Conference Finals in 1992. That's where we see them while you have an argument before that. Well, these are the guys that are keeping Jordan from getting to where he wants to go. That argument is pushed to the side by their actions. If you look at Clyde Drexler and Terry Porter and the Trailblazers, you end up with a guy like Clyde Drexler who physically I know that Jordan was laughing at the idea that he and Drexler were similar. In that season in particular, they were super similar. And as players, it wasn't like Drexler was far off. It amazes me the disrespect that was shown to a player who's one of the greatest 50 players that's ever lived. But with Drexler and Porter, you had this backcourt in Portland. You're like, man, those guys are nice. Those are nice players. Wish you knew they had no chance to beat the Bulls, and it, it wasn't as if they didn't step it up. Like they weren't, they they weren't into any rhetoric. I mean, Jordan just pulled whatever he thought out of the air and was able to do it. So I'm going to eliminate them. Barkley, ah, now Barkley, Barkley's pretty close. He checks a lot of boxes for likable foil. He's mouthy. He's arrogant. He's accomplished. MVP of the league. One of the best players in the game. And at that point in time, Charles Barkley was like unstoppable. He's also at the time MJ's friend. The saving Chicago thing after game five. Solid. That's solid work. Barkley's right up there. You can make an argument that Barkley is the best foil. Then you go to the Knicks and poor Patrick Ewing. I feel so bad for that man. I don't know why. I Maybe because I find him incredibly likable. And I've had dealings with him doing DePaul games. He's the coach at, at Georgetown. I've had incredibly likable interactions with Patrick Ewing Georgetown head coach 
as a player, I know that he wishes that Michael Jordan would just gone away. But even when Michael Jordan went away, hi, here's Akeem Olajuwon. Enjoy all of that. Him and John Starks and Anthony Mason and Charles Smith. As a collective, I look at them and I go, oh, it's too bad for y'all. Something bad about to happen to y'all. But they don't rise to the level of foil. They're kind of a low-rent version of what the Pistons were doing with a high-class player in Patrick Ewing. But they don't... Jordan took pleasure in putting a dagger in them, but it never felt like it was at risk. There wasn't... The stakes weren't high enough. I know that for Knicks fans it was, but the, but the fact that Jordan's number is retired at Madison Square Garden, I mean, a lot of hammer and nail. The Jazz, Stockton and Malone. This is a good choice too, as foils go. They were the choir boys of the NBA, even though Carl Malone was out here living a horrendous life as a human being. When he wasn't playing basketball. John Stockton. Dirty player. And there are plenty of people that are great player. Like don't get me wrong. All time assist leader right. But dirty player. And a lot of players around the NBA would tell you the same. If you ask them about John Stockton. There was something about Utah. And. The amount of love that. That Carl Malone got that felt like it was a direct shot at Michael Jordan, that he was kind of this anti-Michael Jordan. He's a big man. He drove a truck and he had a trucker's hat on and he still owns a an 18-wheeler and all of this stuff. And then there's the, uh, the, the MVP award for him in 97. He was unbelievable that season, but come on, fam. The way that those crowds interacted with the Bulls, the the Bulls-Jazz series as a whole, there's an argument to be made. But I think it still goes to Reggie Miller. This made-up thing that I'm doing. I'm still going to give the award to Reggie Miller. There was actual risk with the Pacers. They had been building and building and building. And I'm sure that they probably still think of Michael Jordan as being in their way instead of the other way around. The risk was real. And when the last dance gets to talking about the 98 Eastern Conference Finals, if you haven't seen it, you're going to see that this thing was in jeopardy. And there was Reggie Miller. Not shying away from any of it. Happy to be the bad guy. Comfortable in his own skin to just kind of at Jordan. I respected it then, even though I didn't like it. And I respect it a lot more now. Hearing him be like, yeah, we thought we were better. Okay. We still think we're better. I mean... The Bulls won. 
but go off, sis. I'm with you. I can respect I can respect him, and I'm so curious to see what Michael says about it. I'm so curious to see if he goes, mm-hmm. Honorable mention for this, Gary Payton. Because that that Sonics team was super good. Sean Kemp and Gary Payton were a great duo. Gary Payton talks so much trash and the way I appreciate the way he talks trash. I truly do. Unfortunately, it was it's kind of like Portland where it's like they weren't really a threat. As good as Peyton and Kemp were, they weren't a threat. I would say if we were doing threat level assessment, they would be low on the list of the teams that the Bulls beat for a championship on their actual threat to win it. So Reggie Miller gets my vote. I don't know who you vote for. Maybe I'll talk about this on the show tomorrow. But the most likable foil to me for Michael Jordan is Reggie Miller. Can't believe I did that podcast, but I did it. Thanks for listening.